This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. What I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the trap of the flesh. God has got the most incredible plan for your life. And he's laid it out and he's calling you into destiny. Destiny is going to be defined as you walk into it step by step. We walk into our destiny with God. And as we move forward into it, God is going to take the things of him and he wants to bless us. Each blessing that he puts into our life is designed to touch us, change us, and make our life more expansive. He walks us into more of who he is. The biggest challenge that we have, one of the biggest challenges that we have is the flesh. Because the minute that we step out of the spirit and we get into the flesh, what ends up happening is that we sabotage our relationship with God. And what happens in that space is that it compromises our destiny. It puts the brakes on hold for what God's trying to do. Our flesh is so incredibly dangerous to us. When we touched on it last week and we spoke a little bit about God had a plan for David's life. And when Samuel went and met with him, he told him that God had a will, a plan, a purpose for his life. But he not only did that to him, but he also gave him the spirit. The spirit needed to come on him in order to walk him into God's plan for his life. God has the most incredible plan for you. But the Bible says, I hasn't seen nor ear heard or has entered into the heart of man the things that God has got prepared for them. We don't know exactly what that expression is going to look like, but he's given them to us by his spirit. So he's given, the reason we have the spirit is because the spirit is there to lead us into all truth. It's the full expression of what the next dimension of our life is supposed to be. That's the job of the spirit. What's so important for us, and one thing I would encourage you to do is this, never look behind you. If you look behind you, the problem with it is you're going to look at who you were. God's not interested in who you were. God is interested in who you are becoming. What you look at is so important. Don't look in the rearview mirror. If you look in the rearview mirror, you're going to have a look at who you used to be. And who you used to be was somebody who is defined by the flesh. Because we all came out of that. So that's not your reference point for life. My reference point for life is Christ. The reason I keep my eye on Christ is because Christ is taking me one step at a time. He's taking me one dimension at a time and he's leading me into God's plan and God's purpose and God's destiny for my life. But I find it as I keep my eyes on him. As I keep focused on him, he's inviting me and introducing me to everything that God has for me. Ephesians chapter 1. In verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I'll tell you why that that verse is so important is because it basically gives us the roadmap to what God is wanting to do in our lives. Right there and contained in that is the essence of how God wants to move us from one dimension to the next. God has blessed us. I want to break it down into a few things and because it kind of gives context to where I'm going. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. What's important about that is this. God's blessings come to us spiritually not naturally. Don't have a look in the natural to try and and find God's blessing. 
The way that we bring heaven to earth is that God takes the things that are spiritual, introduces them to us and allows us to take of them and introduce them into our world. He's working through us. God is going to bless you with spiritual blessings. Part of the role and the responsibility of the Holy Spirit is he's taking you dimension by dimension into what God's blessings for your life are. Every time that we're able to relate to an aspect of who God is and what he's all about, it's the relating to that that becomes important. The relating to who he is becomes fundamental because what happens is that aspect of who he is floods my life and begins to change me. It becomes transformational. When that truth becomes something that defines who I am, the reality of that blessing takes takes, um, existence and takes residence on the inside of who I am. So his blessings are spiritual in nature. He's blessed us with every, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It's not saying that he's going to bless you in heaven. The problem with that thinking is that a lot of Christians are waiting to get to heaven because they believe that when they get to heaven is when they're going to realize all that God has for them. What he's saying is when he talks about in heavenly places, he's talking about dimensions or realities in Christ. What he's saying is, as we begin to to move into relationship with God, what ends up happening is we get to know him. And as as we move deeper and deeper, realizing who he is and experiencing who he is, what happens is he's moving us along. He's changing us and he's influencing us. It's kind of like when you decide to start dating somebody. When you meet somebody for the first time, you know nothing about them. You think, oh, they're quite nice. They're quite funny. I'm quite attracted to them. Hey, do you want to go and get to know one another? And so you go on a date. And when you go on a date, your initial date is very superficial. It's like, so what do you do? And you know, everybody sitting around you is like, really? First date. It's silly, superficial stuff. But what happens is over time, the more time you spend with that person, what ends up happening is I know all of this. So we start to go deeper and we start to go deeper. And as we build up trust and understanding, they begin to let you in and expose the more fundamental parts of who they are to you. And when that happens, I begin to know them and I'm influenced by who they are. It's the same thing. The more we build relationship with the Spirit of God, the more that we're intimate with Him, what ends up happening is He's introducing us to deeper aspects of who He is. And every time He introduces something into our life, it's an invitation to step into a new reality, a new part, a new way of living together with Him. So it's dimensions in Christ. Dimensions in Christ. People have this misconception that Christ is the person. Christ is the surname to Jesus. Jesus was the Christ. Jesus was the anointed one. What it's saying is God has prepared blessings for you in spiritual dimensions that are found in the anointing. So what he's wanting to do is every time the anointing comes into a space in our life, it has carries with it the potential to have influence. What is the anointing? The anointing is the presence and the work of the Spirit in my life. That's what the anointing is. In essence, what it's really saying is this. God has an incredible plan for your life, and he wants to walk you into your destiny. And because he wants to walk you into his destiny, what he's done is he's given you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to take the blessings in different realms of the anointing and introduce you to them. 
That's the plan that God has. That's what he's working out in our lives with regularity. When Samuel went and met with David, what he said to David is, God has something to do with your life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for you. He wanted to take him from where he was and take him into something. But David wasn't capable of getting there. Why? Because where David was was a very different place to where God wanted him to be. Don't default to natural. Our natural inclination is to sit and say, okay, well, God really wanted to move him from being a shepherd to being a king. That was the natural expression. God's journey was spiritual. If you have a look at what happened in David's life, there were changes that happened in David's life. There was a migration that happened in in David's life where he started off as just being a young boy. He was natural. That's what he lived in. That's where he was. But God met him in that place. And as God met him in that place, what God wanted to do was introduce him to relationship. That's why he gave him the spirit upon him. What is the spirit doing? It was migrating him away from flesh-based and introducing him what it was to be be spirit-based. It was moving his life so that, David, what you're capable of doing in your own capacity and your own ability is extremely limited. But if you can get to know me, if we can build trust with one another, what will end up happening is I will change things and move you into a whole new dimension of things. I'll change your life and move it forward. The challenge with it is this. You have to be able to walk with me. So there's some fundamental changes that take place in his reliance. When we come into the world, We get used to depending on self. That's the way that we are. We're born. Nobody's born with God inside of them. Jesus was the only one that had that. So we're born into the natural. And part of our growth and development is to take care of myself, which is what we do to varying degrees of effectiveness. But life is interesting. Life is going to beat you around. People are going to beat you around. What ends up happening is as I journey through life independently of God, I get a few scars and I get some bruises and I get a whole bunch of stuff happening to me. And the thing about it is when I meet God, I don't just meet him perfectly where I sit and say, here I am as a whole and complete being. I bring all of those baggage and all of those burdens and all of those issues with me. When I meet him in that place, what God is sitting saying is in order for me to move you forward, what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at all of those wounds from your past, all of those issues that are part of who you are. Because as we move through life and we deal with those things and we bring you to wholeness and we bring you to completion and we bring you to fulfillment, what ends up happening is they no longer become become, um, hurdles to you realizing what I want to do in your life. He's doing something with us. And it's important for us to understand that the migration that's taking place is from spiritual, sorry, from natural to spiritual, from natural to spiritual. One thing that's really big in America is the armed forces. And they do a great job. We're really thankful. And for all the people who volunteer in them. Well, heaven I am, anyway. <laughs> Are you with us this morning? Okay. So the, the challenge with it is this. When people first go into the military, what ends up happening is they get there and it's like they've thought about this. They've given some consideration to it. And they think about it from their perspective. And part of the reason that they embrace that is because they can see their future there. 
They can get to the place where it's like, okay, I can use, the army can become my paycheck. I can see myself embracing a career in the army. I can use the army and as a result of that, I'll get to be positioned all over the place and I'll get to see the world through the army. The army is a wonderful thing because the army will provide for my education, so I'll get myself educated. There is a sense of security for me that comes being associated with the army. So people, when they first get to that place, very often arrive with self-interest. It doesn't take very long when you're in boot camp to realize that the, actually the army is not really about you, but you're going to be about the army. <laughs> What's happening? When I moved into that place, I came in with who I am and what I'm all about. I came in with my expectations and none of that was necessarily wrong. But what ended up happening is the military is there, the army is there to make something of you. The army is there to touch you and to change your life for their plans and for their purposes. They're doing things in your life and they're changing things in your life so that you are fitted and you are kitted out for their purpose. And in working their purpose in you, a side effect is you come out a better person. When you're on the other side of them having their hands in your life, all of a sudden, I've lost a few pounds. And I'm a little bit fitter. And I'm more focused. And I have an understanding and an appreciation for sacrifice. And I have a value for what it is to be become to, to value worth of things. I move to a different place. All of a sudden, what ends up happening is I have an appreciation that has been enlarged and expanded because of their influence in my life. It's made me a different person, but it's kitted me for service. The same thing happens with us when we first meet God. When we come into that realm, he loves us so very much. And when he loves us, the first thing we do is he introduces us to what? The anointing. I am a new creation in? I'm a new creation in the anointing. I'm a new creation in God, spirit, living and working in my life. And the spirit and the living and working in my life does something initially. What does he do? I am a brand new creation. He's just done something. You know what he just did? He invited me to step into a new dimension. He just said, here, let's move ahead. What I want to do is this. I'm going to get rid of everything that used to be. Don't look at the past. Don't look at the past. Keep your eyes on me because we're going to the future now. All things are gone. All things are becoming brand new. I've introduced everything that you need for your life. Now I'm going to walk you into it, what it looks like. When God meets us, God meets us in our need. God meets us as people who are natural. God meets us in our brokenness. He meets us in our insecurities. He meets us in places where we feel vulnerable, where we are self-consumed. He meets us in all of that because we don't know any better. But you know what he says? I'm going to make you for service. I'll tell you why he's making you for service. Because when we just live in our realm, what ends up happening is we get a false sense of what destiny is all about. We think destiny is wrapped up in me. It's not. Your destiny is wrapped up in Christ. And because your destiny and who he wants you to be is wrapped up in him, I follow him all the way through. The only way that I can move forward with him is I have to allow him to be able to take me and move me. And he's going to invite me into one dimension after the next and have influence with me in that space. Life 
is the change room for destiny. Life is the change room for destiny. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Every situation that you have in life, every challenge you have, everything that comes against you, every obstacle, every asset or good thing that happens in your life, every single thing that comes into your life becomes a barometer of you. We think sometimes stuff is about other people and who they are and why they like this. And then, and we think it's, you know, it's the situation that's so awful and so all of those things are the wardrobe of life. And you know what it's saying? Pick up the mirror. Because where are you in the context of what you're going through right now? You can't change a lot of people. You can change yourself. So the thing is, every time I'm going through a situation, take a moment to reflect on it. Look at yourself and be like, okay, so what's happening right now in me? What's coming out of me? Is it of Christ, which speaks to my future? Or is it something of my flesh, which goes to my past? The challenge is this. He's calling me into my future. He's introducing me to God's promises. He wants to put God's blessings into my life. But the thing is, I have to be able to partner with him. Anytime I step from spirit into flesh, I step out of the anointing into limitations. And that goes when I'm journeying with God. Let me give you an example. I'm a lot better now. And it's probably because my kids are a little bit older. But we decided to have our kids really close together. So the the age difference between Colton and Carter is about 18 months, or 16 months, actually. And the age difference between Carter and Vivian is even less. It's like 14 months. We wanted them to grow up together. And so it sounded like a really good idea until we had all three of them. Because you never know what that looks like until you get into it. But when you're in that space and all of a sudden they're learning and they're growing and things are happening, our kids were awful sleepers, awful for like the first three years. And so you're tired and you're grumpy and you're being pulled in every direction and, you're exa- and you have to get this done and you have to sort that out and you have to change this diaper and you have to put that one in the shower because they're all full of food and you get, eh, you're getting everything sorted out and you're exhausted. And you know, then you have one of them that's whining and carrying on and it's just, it's playing and your last nerve. <laughs> and you feel so legitimate and so entitled, but you know what we end up doing? We step outside of space spirit and we step into flesh in the way that we deal with it and so what ends up happening is anytime I step into the flesh I introduce I open the anytime we step into the flesh you open the door to Satan's influence steal kill and destroy steal kill and destroy so you deal with it out of anger and you know what it does it introduces hurt it fractures relationships And unfortunately, when you have formative kids, it always runs the risk of making a deposit into their um, identity development. Why? Because I stepped out of spirit and into flesh. What we live from introduces its nature into our situations. That's why it's so important for us to always remain in Christ. When he came into your life, you have options. Any Christian who says, I just couldn't help myself, you could. You could. He gave you options. Anytime you do something, it's because 
We'll, we'll talk about all the beach people because there's none of them. <laughs> now, all those ones in the Bahamas, they went really far south. But any time we get to a place where we step outside of spirit into flesh, what we do is we open the door to our lives really wide and we allow Satan to come into that space and to have influence in a negative way. And it changes our circumstances and our situations. It affects our relationships. It fragments. Nothing good ever comes of it. God's call and his invitation is to walk into destiny. And so it becomes so important for us to begin to live that way. Um, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Wait, before we get there, let me tell you this. God wants to fix your diet. Listen, you are concerned about it. God's more concerned about your diet. You know what the thing is? We like to live from the flesh. Because you know what? It's convenient, it's quick, and it's accessible. It's like junk food. So many people live off junk food. You know why? It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. All you have to do is you walk out into any shopping mall and what happens? I've got a KFC and I've got a, a Burger King and I've got a McDonald's and I've got a Krispy Kreme and I've got, you name it, they're everywhere. You don't have to, you, you go from one to the next to the next and you know, they're all calling your name and inviting you in. You know? But the funny thing is, if you decide that you want to change your life and you want to change your diet, you're going to have to be intentional about it. And actually, it's going to take effort because you're not going to find too many places that serve vegetables. Give it a try. You may find the odd salad here or there, but it's kind of a throw-by, put-together salad. It's not very good. Why? Because nobody orders it. People want fast food. People want convenience. People want the salt and the sugar and the fat. It's the same in our life with our choices. Because we've been raised in the flesh, we default automatically to convenience. And so what happens is we react out of the flesh. It's so quick. It's so natural. It's so naked to second nature to us. It's everywhere. We just have quick reactions. Why? Because the flesh is so much a part of who we are. But when you start migrating over to spirit, I can tell you from experience, you're going to have to be intentional about it because it doesn't just happen. I said before you, life and death, blessings, curtain. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? He's given us a choice. The choice is that. There's always going to be an inclination and you're always going to hear a nudge from the convenience stores around you. Your flesh will have a lot to say about how you should be handling a situation. You step into the flesh, you step out of the anointing. You have to be intentional when we start off because we recognize if you just stop for a minute and rather than reacting, make a decision to respond from spirit, it means you're going to have to take a step back sometimes. Take a moment and sit and say, Spirit, oh, talk to me right now. Why? Because it's not something that's always second nature to me. I have to develop that habit. I have to develop that habit. Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed. Don't spend your life living from fast food. 
Stop living from fast food. It's quick, it's easy, it's accessible. It's what I've always done. It's part of my personality. It's part of my character. Be made new. Be transformed. Be intentional. Sit and say, I'm not going to live from the flesh anymore. I'm going to move over and I'm going to make a decision because you know what? My destiny is calling. Because I'm in a place right now where what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the spirit to, be, to take me out and introduce me to a new way of dealing with things. I want to deal with it from spirit, not from flesh. I want to deal with it from anointing, not from my feelings. It brings about a different result. Don't be conformed, be transformed so that you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's a journey. Don't expect to be Jesus and walk on water by tomorrow. It's okay. Give yourself license. It's going to take time. What happens is we move into those things. It talks about there's a parallel between that and, and the parable of the sower sowing the word. And what does it say? It says, first the blade, then the ear, then the full ear in the corn. What is it talking about? There's a process. There's a process to it. Put yourself in a place where you allow Christ, the anointing, to begin to seed your life. But it takes time for that to, to grow and to develop and to bear fruit. But when it does, what ends up happening is it's much easier for me to move over and to live from that space. That's what happened with David. Killing the bear, killing the lion, killing Goliath. What ended up happening is the spirit was working with him. The spirit was migrating him. The spirit was taking him to a place where he sat and said, I don't want you to live from the fruit of the flesh because you can't do some of what you've been called to do. I'm calling you to live from the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit. Okay, now we'll read Romans. Um, Romans chapter eight, I'm going to read it from, I'm going to read two versions. I want to read the new King James first. And it says, those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The new living translation actually has a great um, translation. It says, those who let their sinful old selves tell them what to do live under the power of their sinful old selves. But those who let the Holy Spirit tell them what they, uh, uh, what to do are under his power. If your sinful old self is the boss over your mind, it leads to death. But if the Holy Spirit is the boss over your mind, it leads to life and to peace. So I think this is the last story I'll tell you about this. But I told you about, you know, for the last two weeks, I've told you stories about um, listening to the testimony of the guy who was a high priest in the occult and got converted. But it was interesting because he, he tells the story and he, he talks about the fact that what is most influential and what the occult is most resistant to is prayer. And so a new church started up and it was a young pastor and he had a very sp spiritual woman who was with him, but they used to spend a lot of time praying. And so they decided that what they were going to do is they're going to try and infiltrate the church, to try and close it down, create division. 
And so what they did was they did a little bit of research because they knew that if they could get in there and they could move them from a place that was spiritual to a place that was natural, it would make them vulnerable. And what they found out was that the woman who was spiritual, kind of the, the, the under, spiritual undergirding for this young pastor, had had issues with her mother. And her mother had died, but they had never been resolved. And so when they came in and they met with the pastor, they started talking about, we would like to join your church. And she came and she was with him and she was like, she came up and she said, no, she said, something's not quite right here. I don't know what it is, but there's something not right here. And what they did is they said to her, why do you say that? You sound just like your mother. And the minute they said that, she moved from spirit into flesh. And all of a sudden, they were able to move into that place and they had influence in there. And he said, it's something so interesting. He said, the minute we can get you into the flesh, we've got you beaten. Anytime we move from spirit into flesh, what ends up happening is you're playing on Satan's playground. And the minute you're playing on his playground, you open the door wide and say, come in. Let me give you a few examples of things. Because we've been beaten around a bit by life, I can tell you now, everybody has got areas of their life which are hot spots, hot buttons, vulnerabilities, places where I feel insecure, places where I don't feel as though I match up to other people. Everybody has them in different ways. The point of it is this. When you're going through a situation and you're looking to deal with a situation, that makes us vulnerable because the minute Satan begins Touch that button. You know what happens? I fly right off and I move out of spirit and I go straight into natural. What ends up happening? I've just opened the door. I've just made myself vulnerable. I've just been beaten. The way when I deal with people to be conscious and to be cautious about it, because there's always going to be the invitation to live from that space because it's hypersensitive. I had an uncle of mine, and when he was young, he was riding a, a horse, and he, he, he and the horse fell over. And the horse tried to get up and stood on his knee. And so he ended up having to have skin grafts and all the rest on. The, the point is this. To this day, it's hypersensitive. And so if you touch that, the nerve endings are right there so he can feel it. Some of us has, have had some really rough things that happened in our past. We've been through some tough stuff. Some of us have been through some ugly things. And some of us, it doesn't even necessarily mean that it was necessarily that bad, but our takeout from those situations have created spaces in our life that are hypersensitive. The reason that God introduces so many things and makes them available to us, when we hear them at the service, we think they're terrible. But when we understand them in context, we realize why they're so valuable. Holiness. Do you know what holiness is? Holiness is taking those sensitive areas of my life and making them whole and complete. So what ends up happening is I'm no longer hypersensitive. And so I can go into certain environments and the minute somebody touches on that, I don't fly off the handle. I don't all of a sudden get physical, get, get all emotionally charged about stuff. Why? Because he's taken me and he's changed me. He's done something in my life that's made me new. And all of a sudden, when I'm whole and I walk into that dimension of holiness, I've just stepped into a new dimension with him. I've just stepped into something new. Forgiveness. Do you know why forgiveness is so important? 
Because somewhere back in your future, somebody did something to you. And the thing about it is you held on to that pain and you held on to that issue and you held on to that, that gnawing on the inside of you. And it may have even created anger or hatred or jealousy, whatever it might be. The thing is you're holding on to the fruit of the flesh and it's got you anchored in the flesh and in the past. And I can't move forward with God because I'm stuck in the space. He gives you something like forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for me. When I get forgiveness, what it does is it cuts the anchor and sets me free from everything that's keeping me hostage and keeping me in the flesh so I can't move or forward into my destiny with him. It releases me from that and I begin to move forward. He starts off working in our life, but he's working in our life because he's doing something in our lives and preparing us for service. He's preparing you for kingdom. Why? Because my destiny isn't wrapped up in me. It's wrapped up in him. Kingdom is much better than who I am. It's funny. Age, there's one, there's one huge advantage to age. Retrospective. <laughs> you can look back on some stuff and you can look at your growth and you can look at your maturity and you can look at where you used to be and you have a look at where you are right now. And you know what the funny thing is? I can think back when I was in my, like, in my teen days and I remember sitting back then and I remember dreaming about what my life would be like. And the, the funny thing about it is if I think about all the things that I really wanted back then, I don't want any of them now. <laughs> I don't want any of them now. You know why? Because I've grown. I've expanded. I've matured. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I dreamt like a child. I was wrapped up in childish stuff. When I was child, it was all about me. It was all about feed me. It was all about meet me. It was all about fix my needs. But now that I've become a man, I've put away childish things. What happens? As I grew up, I had to look at some stuff and I was like, you know what? Now I think I'm much better equipped, much better qualified to be able to have a look and sit and say, if you want to give me my destiny, I think I know what I could call it out to be. When we're wrapped up in ourselves, the things that we want to define our destiny are not the things that are going to define your destiny when you allow him to equip you for kingdom. Amen. So in, I think it's 16. Let me just see. Uh, 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 yes, Act 16. Act 16 is a story about Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas are going along and they're doing good kingdom work. Paul and Silas have grown and they've been prepared and they are ready for service and they're out doing service. And while they're out doing service, there's this girl that keeps following them around everywhere. And she starts, you know, prepare the way. These are, are you know, um, servants of the most high God. And it actually is wrong there because it says, um, it talks about preparing a way, uh, the way, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you exactly what it says. These men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the, um, a way of salvation is what it actually should read. What it says is the way of salvation. If she was proclaiming these men proclaim the way of salvation, she would be right. That's not what it actually, the original Greek says. What she was saying was it's a way of salvation. That's what Satan always does. He twists stuff. So this is one way, but I have another way. And she got on his last nerve. He didn't even have three of them. He had one. 
Okay, it was for a few days. But what ended up happening? She got on his nerve. And what he, he took something from kingdom and he brought about change. And he set her free. And when he set her free, you know, it was so amazing. It was like, what a grand thing. But everybody else got upset. Okay, now here we go. This is where the story starts. So they falsely accused him. And they took him, both of them, and to the judge. And the judge said, fine, let's have them flogged. So they flogged them. And they said, let's throw them in jail. So they put them in jail. And they said, not just in jail, put them in stocks right in the center of the jail. And that's where they were. But they began to sing praises. And they began to pray. And when they began to pray and sing praises, an earthquake arrived. And all of a sudden, stuff started to happen. This is the challenge. The reason God is working with us and the reason God is affecting and changing us and moving us from being people who are natural and who are fleshly to becoming people who are spiritual and people who are motivated by the Christ and by the anointing is because as long as you're in the flesh, you would never get through the journey. The minute somebody accused you of something, something would happen in your flesh and you begin to fight it in the flesh. And when you began to fight it in the flesh, what ended up happening is you would compromise God's purpose in the situation. I'm not equipped. I'm not ready yet for service. Why? Because my flesh is too much alive on the inside of me. My flesh would have protested. I would have lived out of the flesh, but it was because they never lived out of the flesh, but they continued in the spirit that what ended up happening is it introduced an earthquake and the, sh and the earth shook beneath, beneath their feet. If you want the earth to shake beneath your feet, you may be looking and perhaps you have somebody in your family and you're trying to get them born again. Don't get into the flesh. Get intentional and get with the spirit beforehand. Because when you get into the flesh, you compromise the earth shaking. There are some times in our life where we're looking for God to do something and we're wanting to God to change something. But what it ends up happening is the minute that we hit that button, the minute I'm in unforgiveness, the minute I'm a person who's motivated by my feelings, what ends up happening is I just compromise the earth shake. I'm looking for God to do something and he says, you compromised it. It's much bigger than us. There, there is an invitation for us to change the way that we begin to interact with God. Why? Because he's preparing us for service. He's preparing us for destinies. He's introducing us to what it is to live from kingdom. And when we live from kingdom, we have much bigger focus, much bigger vision. Why were they prepared to get to that place? It's so funny. Jim and I talk about this all the time. All of them suffered horrible deaths. Yeah. Why? You know why? In the grand scheme of their life, they had been introduced to a dimension of reality, which was kingdom driven. They saw things completely differently. And it was like, that's just a means to an end. Flesh was not as consequential to them as it is to many of us. So my encouragement to you is this. In the week ahead, be aware of the fact that you're going to have some areas in your life that are sensitive. Watch, because he's going to come and knock. He's going to come and tap your knee. Why? Because he knows the minute he does, it's so sensitive. Bang! Something's going to happen.
If it happens, it's okay, as long as you recognize it. Why? Because all of life is a dressing room. In that space is the opportunity to sit and say, oh, I've just seen something. There's a part of me that's vulnerable, open to the enemy. Okay, Holy Spirit, let's see, how do we deal with that right now? And invite him into that space to bring about healing and change. Why? Because I've got a destiny in front of me. I haven't got time to be sidetracked. I haven't got time to be wrapped up in my flesh and how I feel and to lose the promise and to lose the blessing because I'm moving out into my flesh. Sarah's got the sticker. She's got it at, at, on the fridge at home. She loves stickers, uh, the magnets. And so she finds these magnets all over the place. And so she's got this one magnet and it says, but did you die? Yeah. <laughs> but did you die? We're so funny. You know, we laugh about it. You know why we laugh? Because we know it's true. So often God is calling us to do certain things and suddenly we have somebody who throws a name at us. It's not like we were locked up. It's not like we were flogged. It's not like we were crucified, but it's like we go to bat for it. And it's like, but did you die? It's just words. It's just words. But did you die? As you navigate life this week, remember this opportunities are going to pop up with regularity. Ask the question, but will I die? And then stop in that moment and say, Holy Spirit, how do I deal with this differently right now? So that you know what? I introduce your blessing and your love. And I thank you for a different outcome to what it would have been if I'd taken the bait. God can create the avenue, but he can't make the decision. We decide that. And in the moment, we decide it. Why don't you just bow your heads? Father, I just want to thank you for incredible people. I want to thank you, Father, that your desire is to totally flood their lives with your blessings. I want to thank you that you've created an opportunity for us to take step by step, a journey into who you are and what you're about, to, just, to step into your blessing and your plan for our life. I want to thank you, Father, that you're taking us one step at a time. I pray that with every person that's here, you would build into them an innate sensitivity of your invitation. Your invitation. I want to thank you, Father, that our minds are set on you. I want to thank you that it's not set on the flesh. I want to thank you that everybody's mind here is intended and focused on your directing and your invitation. Father, for people who need to let the anchor loose and move away with forgiveness, just do this. Keep your eyes closed. If you're a person that's in that situation right now, just take this moment. It doesn't have to be long. It just has to be a recognition. And ask him for forgiveness for that. Thank you for setting him, me free from that. And ask him what he wants to introduce into your life in that space. I thank you for freedom, Lord. I thank you for freedom. 
And Father, I want to thank you that through this week, you'll continually remind us of two things. Number one, we're in the dressing room. And every moment and every encounter we have, we take it as a reflection on what is it showing me about me? And where are you in that space, Holy Spirit? I pray, Holy Spirit, that you also remind us of the fact that you're in control of everything. And if we lean on you and trust you, you lead us into all truth. Not just a knowledge of the truth, but an encounter and an expression of truth. We bless you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen.